everybody, and welcome to episode three of Platform Productions Cold Cuts with Caroline Lesney's The Broadcast. This is the show where none of the actors have ever read the script until they're on screen and they, they say, hey, we have the script now. Last time on The Broadcast, the inspector... Oop, I'm having technical... Oop, there we go. Last time on the broadcast, Felicity sets out to discover who made the threatening phone call. Artie becomes increasingly hard to work with, and John and Felicity get closer. Meanwhile, at Sterling Manor, the inspector interviews each subject on their whereabouts at the time of the murder. The house guest and the gardener get hot and heavy, and the doctor relives his military days. And then the gardener turns up dead! And when the cast pulls out of the recording, Artie has disappeared on a completely meta twist. Ooh. So, I would like to go through and introduce your cast for tonight. Cast, could you please uh, give your name, who you are playing, and what you think may have happened to Artie? Because we don't know. First off, we have Paige Elena. Hello, my name is Paige Elena. I'm playing Felicity in the heiress. And um, I'm I'm hoping Artie's just like on a coffee run or something. I really hope there is that big dramatic, my God, where's Artie moment. And then this script opens with him opening the door and being like, hey guys, uh, right here. Like, we're okay. We're fine. I, th- I think that'd be the fun twist. See, I, I like that the most. I, I think it's very anticlimactic, and and I I'm always I always find those kinds of twists hilarious. I think that's I think anticlimactic. I think this is just slowly going to become a very normal story, and then nothing happens, and no one gets murdered, and we're all fine. But we still we still we're still riveted because I love I love Lesney's script. Yeah, so I love that the I love the twist and turns, but then the solutions are mundane. I think that's really fun, and it takes a really clever writer and it saves some great acting on all of your parts to get us to be in suspense every week. But we'll see, we'll see if Artie shows up with those coffees. Well, you know, it, last time it was what Felicity and Missy had to go run the errands. Let Artie do it sometimes, right? Let make Artie do it. Uh, I don't think Artie does it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and up, yes, up next, this is Eric Anderson. Hey, everyone. Eric, uh, I play Artie and the gardener, if he's still alive. Uh, Artie, if he's still alive as well. Uh, yep, I think that Artie, Artie's still hung over at this point. I think he's just, you know, pulling the trigger in the bathroom, just getting all the bad juju out, and he's going to be coming out right as brain. <laughs> So he's having a detox moment? Yes, exactly. Pulling trigger was not the phrase to use. That was very misleading in this context. <laughs> and there we go. Yes, we have Maggie Behan. Hi, I'm Maggie Behan. I'm playing Missy and the Inspector. Um, I think that whether or not already committed a murder, I do think he's running from his conscience because he's a terrible person. Um, but I do like the idea of the stakes just steadily lowering every week. That would be really funny. Um, but Artie's a bad person, no matter whether or not he's a murderer. And I think the gardener killed himself. No one asked me that, but that's what I think. No, I, I, I want you to elaborate on the gardener killing himself. What, why do you think that? I just want to pin all the blame on Eric. <laughs> Everyone seems to be wanting to pin the blame so on Eric. So easy. So easy to pin it on me. <laughs> Poor Artie. Should play the unlikable characters more likably. Sorry. Hey, you know, at, at least they're talking about you. <laughs> no press is bad press. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine in the in the Joffrey zone if that's where my niche is. I mean, I'd rather not, but you take what you can get. <laughs> Up next, we have Emery Chase. I'm Emery. I'm playing Irene and the house guest. Um, and I think that either Artie just like left because he saw that his character died and he was like, so pissed because he's a drama queen and he was just like i'm out of here um or uh maybe he got a, a booty call from his netflix and chill to um horror movies <laughs> that's you know a possibility um as for the gardener i mean it's not looking good for me i'm making out in a car with the guy and then he turns up dead like i don't know You've got some big black widow energy there. I might be in some trouble here. <laughs> the conversation didn't end on a great note. <laughs> I think I might have killed somebody. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, babe. Glad it's all right with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
got better. (laughs) (laughs) But I I should be nicer to Eric because, you know, we did have to go through the shared trauma of like unexpectedly having to read a makeout scene together. (laughs) So I got to lighten up a little bit. (laughs) But you two were you two were great last week. Very, very, uh, you know, as we as, as we say in the improv world, very yes and of you both. So so good job for just looking at that and being like, we're going to go for it. It was great. It was a great, great moment of acting there. I think that actually helped because, like, if I had known that was coming, I feel like I, I would have totally faked myself out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, OK, no time. I guess we're just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and it was it was uh, what I liked about it is that because we don't have time to think about it and, and we don't have time to overthink it either. And because of that, we got this really fun, raw uh, let's just do it. Energy. And it was it was a great scene because of that. And never again, because he's dead. Yes. <laughs> the, re- the relationship ended. <laughs> never say never. We might have flashbacks. Oh, we might have flashbacks. It's true. Or necrophilia, even. There are ways. <laughs> I, I immediately thought making out with a ghost, and I was like, now that I'd watch. <laughs> oh, so now we're getting into Patrick Swayze territory here. Yeah, exactly. That's your real niche. There's Joffrey, and then there's Patrick Swayze. So you pick. Yeah, those are those are the two uh, male uh, character archetypes in Hollywood. Look, you're either a Joffrey or a Patrick Swayze kid. There's one or the other. I cannot wait to hear the gardener help with making pottery. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Kevin Hauger. That's me. I'm Kevin. I'm reading the John and the Doctor. And uh, I don't know what the heck happened to Artie. I, I'm going to say this because we need to put this idea on the board is that I think he was killed. What, that, that has to be one of the options that we put in the multiple choice test among all this ridiculousness. Fair, but then no one gets coffee that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. He's back with coffee in five minutes. Yeah. Do you want to deprive the rest of the cast of caffeine? Yeah, there's all kinds of murder, and psychological murder is one of them. You get rid of the coffee guy, you get rid of the whole cast. That's all it takes. Look, as performing artists, all of us know all too well the value of caffeine. It's an important and noble world to be the coffee man. But, yeah, he might also be dead. Maybe he was maybe he was killed on the way from coffee running. And The martyr of coffeedom. Yeah. It's like the number of times we've had to see Bruce Wayne's mom's pearls breaking it's just we'll always see the coffee in slow motion (laughs) falling onto the concrete up next we have james johnston hey everyone james johnston uh sebastian and the suitor i went back through the scripts i never talked to Artie. he doesn't exist it's like a sixth sense thing but sixth sense where everyone else is sensing him being alive and not you no a bunch of characters don't talk to him wait who does talk to Artie? well i do i'm just i'm just kidding i don't read scripts twice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you had I just believed you were that committed. No, I 100% believe you. I'm really you. good at Among Us and gaslighting. <laughs> Ask anyone I know. <laughs> we'll unpack that later. Maybe he's not really Felicity's brother. Maybe he's like a, a sock puppet that she keeps with her and everyone pretends that he's a real person just to kind of like coddle her because they don't want to rock the this boat. This is all a make-a-wish for Felicity. <laughs> <laughs> is, the, is the threatening phone call part of the make-a-wish? It's a really specific wish. Felicity kidnapped all these people so she could so she could enact some like elaborate murder mystery where she's the final girl, you know? Like- Make-A-Wish did not hire people. They just kidnapped them. Make-A-Wish to put yourself in Michael Douglas's The Game. Ooh. Anyway, we're canceling cold cuts. We're going to live stream Michael Douglas's The Game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard on the inside and on the outside. <laughs> All right. Well, who do you think made the threatening phone call to Felicity and don't say Felicity? We'll make a wish foundation, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think we solved that. I look, I, I'm going through my call list from last night. There were so many. It really could have been. <laughs> they do supposedly eliminate Missy, but I actually I actually don't think it was her because I think I think Missy would be proud of the fact that if she gave a genuinely threatening phone call, she'd be like, look at how great my acting is. I scared her. It's like her. on her reel the next day. Yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't think that's, I don't think that necessarily, I, I think she's exonerated, not because, you know, she's the, the world's greatest friend, but because I think she'd just be too proud of herself. I agree. I inspected Missy and she's innocent. Yeah. It's like, great job with that death threat, girl. <laughs> so proud. What a, what a real girl boss. I think, um, I think that Felicity's 
extended car warranty is just like about like really really close to expiring they had to start taking some drastic measures (laughs) on that one (laughs) they got to get the calls back any way they can yeah yeah i feel like maybe it was someone who's not in the cast i don't know if it was one of the main people who made the phone call because i don't think like john clearly has a thing for felicity irene and felicity seems like they have a pretty good relationship sebastian hasn't really talked to her like i mean like i guess it could be him it's not Artie, because even though he's a jerk, he's still her brother, and he seems to care about her. So I feel like there's some, like, external villain. I don't know if the viewers can see this, but, like, on our Zoom call for the past couple weeks, there's just been another actor named uh, Zach slash the actual killer, <laughs> who's been <laughs> muted and off cam the whole time. I haven't even seen this. What? James, you just broke the biggest NDA in our contract about <laughs> Zach. How do you feel about that? No, that's like that's a good point though, because I was starting to think that John was real sus in the last episode, like quoting his own scripted people, and I was like, shoot, but I don't, I don't think he would make the call, even if he's. I don't a murderer. trust any male screenwriter who references their own script unprompted in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta respect that. You gotta be your own biggest cheerleader. Yeah, of course, Missy. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that makes him a killer, but it's definitely like, um, dude, that was not the move. <laughs> recording your own screenplay that she is in in her moment of grief like in john's defense neither of them are good at flirting they're both terrible at flirting and i think that's why it works yeah and it's not malicious he just he just did a little bit of a stupid <laughs> i think john is so stressed and into felicity that he made the call in order for her to panic and be like oh lord my stars what will He's i do trying to ask her on a date and he just fucking <laughs> <He> panicked so <laughs> Just like a critic, like you roll, he rolled a one. <laughs> exactly. It's a nat one kind of ask out. It wasn't situation. even like it was a distorted voice, but it was really just his voice cracking all over the place because he was so scared. <laughs> so any any final thoughts that have nothing to do with Artie? Let's just let's just take Artie off the table for the final thoughts. Ooh, did I make the phone call because they had me do the voice? Is it meta? Probably not. I'm sure that was picked at random. But <laughs> that, I'm wondering, like, how many production decisions are made? It's all clues. I watch National Treasure. I know how to find a clue when I see one. So uh, how can we rank everybody's detective skills from National Treasure to real? <laughs> Wait, are you trying to say that National Treasure is oh, not? I'm not saying anything. I just made a scale. <laughs> I don't know things. I don't know. I think I'm right at Nick Cage, which in my mind is top of the pyramid that's pretty close to real actually and my scale as well yeah national treasure nick cage real (laughs) there we go yeah do you think nick cage did it oh shit yeah that was part of the make-a-wish she wanted to meet nick cage (laughs) it has to be nick cage he'll do anything a hundred (laughs) bucks oh yeah he's He's got no standards (laughs) he's pretty chaotic he he's the secret cast member who's actually the killer Do you think he's getting paid the same as us? Probably less. (laughs) Less. (laughs) Because we know how to negotiate. Do we read plays on this thing? Yes. (laughs) And actually, platform, will you please send all of our actors the script now? Actors, please remember to change your names to your characters so we can follow along. And once you have received your script, give us a thumbs up so we know that you're ready to go. In the meantime, we would love to hear from our live audience what your predictions are for the show. They can have to do with Artie because we've already exhausted that topic of conversation among us, but not among you. What do you think? Who killed the gardener? What happened to Artie? Who made the creepy phone call to Felicity? Any other predictions or insights or thoughts that you might have? Maybe someone turns up dead again. Caroline Lesney, the author of this piece, says that National Treasure is the apex. Thank you, Caroline. Someone with sense. How do I pull up the chat if I want to argue with you? <laughs> you can't. You have a role to play. Uh, Starlord51 says, Nick Cage, no question about it. So yeah, you know what? I think, I think uh, from now on, Nick Cage is the primary suspect. And now we are ready to go. And we will now be going into the broadcast. Episode three, The Art of the Deal by Caroline Lesney. On the front lawn of Sterling Manor, 
In the shadow of the grand house, the characters stand surrounding the body of the murdered gardener. The house guest weeps quietly in the background. Dead. Definitely. No pulse. Time of death. I couldn't definitively... Take a guess. Answer. He's still warm. Within a half hour, I'd say. Thank you, doctor. It's horrible. Just horrible. Who found him like this? I did. I just came out to get some air, and he... He was just lying there, all covered in... God, it's awful. Who would do this? He didn't want any of this. He didn't want any of this. <laughs> uh, forgive me, uh, would you... Uh, I, I just... Blood is... Uh, I'm not good with... If there weren't so much... Blood. <coughs> Doctor, could you escort the young man and lady into the parlor? Of course. Some tonic, perhaps? Excellent idea. Ms. Westwood, with me. The doctor and his charges hurry away across the grass toward the house. Oh, let me go too, Inspector. Why would you possibly keep me? You found him, madam, and I know you can handle it. The inspector approaches the body and crouches down to examine it. The heiress takes a shaky breath and a step back. So let's see. Four, no, five stab wounds to the abdomen, clumsily done or with a rather dull object, plus what looks to be blunt force trauma to the head. Not enough to kill him, but enough to incapacitate him, maybe. Shame that makes it harder to narrow down. Why? If he was hit from behind and fell unconscious, it would have, been ta it would have taken a lot less force to overpower him. Could have been a woman or a child, for all we know. So any of us. Unfortunately. I rather think... No. Best not draw conclusions yet. Do you know who was with him last? Well, the doctor mentioned on his way to see you that they'd shared a cigarette after breakfast, and my... Well, you've met her, my guest, I suppose. She's been with me since lunch, so that just leaves... The young gentleman from down the road, yes. You know, now that I mentioned and I did see the gardener heading toward the garage earlier, perhaps he was going to help with his car? Well spotted. I'll look into that. But first, I'd like to see where the poor man lived. Of course. It's a rather long walk, if that's all right. I shall endeavor to keep up. You want me to come? Well, of course. How else should I find it? Inspector, I don't know that I... I don't wish to be rude, but I wasn't asking. To be frank, Miss Westwood, I'm not sure you're entirely safe here with the rest of them. I'd rather keep you by my side. Well, then I guess I'm coming with you, aren't I? Artie's apartment, the next morning and Felicity is tapping away at her phone. She types frantically, sends one text, then another, in quick succession. She dials a number. The line starts to ring. Come on, Artie, pick up. The call rings out. A muffled message, then a beep. Where the hell are you? This is really irresponsible, Artie. You know a lot of people are depending you. Pick up your damn phone. She hangs up violently and throws the phone into the couch cushions. She takes a deep breath picks up the phone, and dials again. The phone rings out. Another beep from the voicemail. I'm sorry, Artie. I just... Call me back, will you? I'm worried. She hangs up. Almost instantly, her phone starts to ring. Artie? Felicity, where are you? We were scheduled to start at 10. Uh, what? Just get over here. We're on a tight schedule. Okay, uh, what about Artie? He's dead. We don't need him. Uh... His character is his character is dead. Look, look, I'm sure he's fine. He's probably just off with whatever new girl he's seen. Did didn't you say there's someone new? Grace. Right. So he's probably with her on strung out on whatever drug liquor combo is popular in the tablets this week. That might not be how they do things in uh Where did he move from again? Where did I move from? Maybe that's not how they do things there, but in L.A., that's a regular Saturday Saturday night. But believe me, he's fine. Felicity? Okay. So? So what? Are you on your way? Uh, yeah, I'll be there in a few. Just give me... <laughs> he hangs up. She sighs and gets up to collect her things. Meanwhile, at the manor... The doctor, the suitor, and the house guest sit in stony silence in the high-ceilinged parlor. Does anyone want a drink? Want one? Yes. Have one? My supply's been dry for a week. I won't tell if you won't. 
She pulls a flask from her garter and shakes it at him. You're a wonder. The houseguest goes to the bookshelf and opens a cabinet drawer, pulling out a crystal tumbler. You want one, Buster Keaton? I, uh, I'd better not. Suit yourself. She takes two glasses and pours, then hands one to the doctor. They clink glasses. Cheers. To life. They both drink. The doctor sighs satisfactorily. Why'd they ever get rid of this stuff? Wasn't it folks like you saying it would kill us? It will. He drinks again. The house guest sits on a poof, drinking quietly for a moment while the suitor stares out the window. Well, I might as well say what we're all thinking. I'd rather you not. There's a murderer on the loose. How else are we supposed to figure out who? Wait for the inspector, presumably. The fact is, somebody here killed the old man, and now the gardener's been bumped off to cover something up. My money's on the houseboy, personally. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. Nice of you to join in the conversation. Do you want to explain yourself? I think he's suggesting that you had the most to gain. Me? The suitor stands suddenly, working himself into a frenzy. Yes! Why not say it? You're broke! You lost it all abroad, and forgive me, but, but, but you're a liar! A money-seeking pompous braggart, and, and, and that's exactly the type of person who would kill for money. For money? Yes, for money! Wars have been far for less! So they have. And the gardener, he must have found out about your finances. Do you deny it? N no, I... Uh... And you were afraid he'd expose you, yes! I could never! So you knocked the poor man down and cut his throat open. Him. I loved him. I tell you, how could I ever kill? Yes, I lost everything in Monaco. Miss Westwood knows that. Why else do you think she'd be letting me stay? I'm not the only one struggling. What about you, doctor? Working for your keep all these years under your best friend's employment? Four years without complaint. If I wanted Westwood dead for his money, I could have done it a decade ago. And you! Cut off without a penny, nowhere to go but a wealthy single woman's bed. If money's the motive, you both have more reason than I. Cut off, sir? Tell him! Tell him why! I think I'd better... better retire. Excuse me. He scurries out of the room. A short silence. Then the house guest drains her glass. Another drink, doctor? I rather think so, don't you? She pours. Back in the recording studio. Rehearsal has not yet begun. Felicity comes quietly in. Everyone else is gathered on the couches, listening to Missy and Sebastian in the midst of an impassioned argument. Look, 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 I'm just saying that if you want to properly examine the history of storytelling, you have to consider that certain genders, oh, sexualities, races have all historically been... Don't, that's not what I was talking it about. It is. You're claiming that military alignment in drama makes a character inherently sympathetic. Yes, veterans of a certain era. When the vast majority of characters in our consciousness were written by white men. So, so you're saying women can't write military stories? No, of course not. I'm saying women and, say, Japanese Americans might be less inclined to sympathize with the soldier because of the way those groups have historically been treated by the military. Okay, what about Inglorious Bastards? Those characters do horrible things, but we're okay with it because they're soldiers. We're okay with it because they're Jewish and killing literal Nazis. Anyway, that's not the point. I'm just saying if you really want a point to point audiences affections a particular way you might want to rethink your strategy <laughs> all right i'm just trying to evoke the established murder mystery canon so christy then no 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 no, not, not that pulpy formulaic crap real stuff like hitchcock and scorsese like hitchcock isn't formulaic actually i looked a lot at christy when i was writing she's the master of the whodunit Hey, I don't want people guessing the answer before we're done. Neither do I! That's what I'm trying to say! Hey, it's a little late for a rewrite. John's script is actually subtle, but your take on it is going to ruin that! Hello, Felicity! Okay, guys, we should get started. Uh, uh, what was that? What was what? That end to your argument, you just stopped talking. We didn't have anything else to say. But it was like... Cut off. It it was weird. You don't think that was weird? What are you talking about? Hey, are you feeling all right? I I know you're worried about Artie. But... No, no, no. That's not what I meant. I... Maybe sit down for a minute. 
You've got to be kidding me. None of you saw that? Saw what, Felicity? Nothing. Nothing. I... I'll be ready in a minute. I just... Uh, bathroom. She hurries from the room. In the bathroom. The tap is running. Felicity takes a deep breath and splashes her face with water. A soft knock at the door. Felicity? Are you alright? Felicity opens the door. John steps inside awkwardly, and she shuts the door behind him. What's going on with me, John? What's wrong? Everybody is so unconcerned about Artie, and I know he's a grown-up and he can handle himself, but I... I just have this feeling, like, something's wrong. He hasn't texted? No, nothing. I know you don't want to hear this, but he probably is fine. It's odd. I, I keep having this thought, this weird thought that... That... that what? Nothing. Never mind. We should go. She reaches for the door handle, opens the door a crack. Jean pushes it shut again suddenly. Wait. This might not be anything. Actually, it's probably not, but... Uh, are you free after this? Yeah, of course I am. Why? Because I think I might know where he is. On the grounds of Sterling Manor. The inspector and the heiress shut the door of the gardener's residence behind them. The lock jangles unhappily, sending a group of birds cawing out of the tree and into the air. Well, that wasn't much, was it? I'm afraid he never had much. His father was a gardener for most of his life, a wonderful old man. We're very sorry to lose him. What's that building, there? That? Oh, well, that's the greenhouse. We don't use it much anymore. Oh, Inspector! She has started off the path toward the greenhouse. The heiress follows. Who has the keys? It should be unlocked. I don't know if it's safe. Looks fine to me. What's it used for? The old gardener used to grow vegetables. Now it's only used on and off during the winter months, but no one's been in all summer. Then why are the lights on? They come right up to the greenhouse. The inspector rattles the glass door, but it doesn't open. Unlocked, you say? Without warning, she smashes a panel of glass and reaches inside toward the handle. Good gracious. Oldest trick there is. Glass doors are never really locked. She pushes the door open and the two women step inside, crunching the broken glass underfoot. It, oh, it smells. What is that? Could be dead plants, chemicals. Ah, or that. Oh my god. The inspector kicks a barrel. It makes a hollow wooden echo. Not quite a bathtub gin, is it? It's a brewery? Quite an elaborate one, yes. He was brewing alcohol in the greenhouse? By this setup, I'd say more than brewing. Bootlegging, more like. I don't believe it. You'd better. Look at all this stuff, Christ. She fiddles with rubber tubes, metal faucets, clinging tin funnels. The heiress drops onto a wooden crate. Well, I had no idea. How could he have been doing this all this time? You said it yourself. No one comes in here in the summer and no one but him after that. It would have been easy for him to cover this up. Bootleggers are crafty. They learn tricks from the city-wise bigwigs. But here's the really interesting part. If he had gotten himself wrapped up in something, say, in debt or unable to supply someone's important demand, then it's possible that the murders aren't connected at all. I think... I think I'd better go. I, I need to lie down. It's been quite the day. Of course. I'll join you in the house shortly. You'll stay the night, Inspector. I'll have the guest room made up for you. Thank you. It would be safer, I think. And, Miss Westwood? Yes? If you need anything... Call for me. The heiress hurries out of the greenhouse. Downtown Los Angeles. This part of the city is noisy and foreign to Felicity. Cars whiz by and she and John hurry down the sidewalk. John stops suddenly, turning toward a pharmacy's faded storefront. Wait there. Where are we? Trying to get a lead on your brother. What, at the doctor? It's not that kind of pharmacy. John goes up to the graffiti-tagged-and-papered-over windows of the pharmacy and taps on the glass. Hello? What are you doing? This place looks condemned. It is. He knocks on the glass harder. Hello? Anyone there? It's a friend of Drew's. I don't like this, John. I mean, why would Artie be... The bolt on the front door scrapes open and the door swings out suddenly with a crinkle of paper and a rusty bell. Come on, get inside, quick! Stay here. Are you kidding? I'm coming. Let's go! Felicity and John scramble into the pharmacy. The unfamiliar man, Quinn, shuts the door behind them with a bang. 
What are you doing here? Drew sent you? Quinn, I I'm looking for information. Who's this? She's a friend. Can I trust your friends anymore, John? I haven't heard from Drew in weeks. Neither have I. Then what are you doing here? I just want to talk. You want to buy, buy. You want to talk, talk. Let's cut the prologue. Where's Artie, Quinn? Probably off on a job, I don't know. And when's the last time you heard from him? Why should I tell you that? What the hell is going on here? This is his sister. Felicity coughs, shifts her feet on the dirty floor. Hello, sister. What do you want? Some sort of family discount? Nice try. Uh, no, she... Uh, Artie's missing. No one can get a hold of him. No one knows where he is. But for some reason, John thinks you might. So, do you? <laughs> oh, it's so sweet. He hasn't texted you back, huh? You don't know where he is? Are you worried? Yes, I'm worried. Is that what you want me to say? Or... Are you worried about your poor widow brother? John, what are we doing here? Who is this guy? It doesn't matter. Let's go. He doesn't know anything anyway. Don't I? You can leave, but then you won't find out. They hesitate, but don't move. You want to tell her who I am, or should I do it for you? Don't. Quinn. I'm your dear brother's boss. But your boyfriend here clearly didn't want you to know that. Boss? Can you tell us where Artie is or not? All I know is he came in here for supply a couple days ago. He's not due back until Wednesday, so until then, I'm not worried. If he's not back soon, though, you should be. Me? Why? Because someone's gonna have to pay me back for the 150 grams he took. I let my dealers out on credit, but there's hell to pay if they run off. Dealers? Ooh, it's fun when people don't turn out the way you pictured them, isn't it? You didn't have to say anything. She didn't know. You did, though. Felicity stares at the men, appalled. Then she turns and rushes past John, out the door with a single jingle of the bell. Damn. Give my love to Drew, won't ya? John runs after Felicity and out the front door. Back in the Sterling Manor woods, the sun is setting behind the trees. The inspector tramps noisily toward the house. The wind is picking up, rustling the trees around her. She picks up her pace. Suddenly, her foot catches on something and she falls to the ground, hard. Ah, these damned office shoes. She turns to assess her ankle and sees what she tripped on. Well, hello, what are you doing out- <gasps> Jesus! She drops the heavy object onto the forest floor. <sighs> Damn. You spend years training and working, still you leave your own fingerprints. She gets to her feet clumsily, shucking her jacket. She bends down and uses it to pick up the piece of evidence. Well, at least now we know what killed him. Nighttime at Artie's apartment. Felicity is sitting on the couch, flipping aimlessly through the TV channels. John is over in the kitchen, boiling water. Felicity settles on a talk show, Dr. Phil or Judge Judy or something similarly mind-numbing. The kettle screams. John pours water into two mugs and walks over to the couch. Tea? Felicity takes the mug. John clears his throat awkwardly, then sits down next to her. <clears throat> Ready to talk? Felicity watches the television. There's a huge laugh from the live audience. She picks up the remote and switches it off. Do you want me to go? I don't want to be alone. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. How did you know? Drew. That's my roommate. Or it used to be before he uh, moved out. He was a user for a while. Just prescription stuff. That's all Quinn supplies. I wanted to get him off it, but... One time Quinn came to our place with one of his new dealers, and... It was Artie. I didn't know it was him then, obviously. I didn't know anything about him until... Until the broadcast. Right. How long? A year? A year and a half, maybe? I should have told you earlier. It's okay. It's not. Fine. It's not, but I forgive you. I just don't understand. He's doing fine. He's paying off his credit cards, my student loans. He said he was taking care of it. You don't think that maybe this is what he meant? I just can't believe it. I mean, Artie cares about his image more than anything. He would never risk it like this. So what if it's not true? What if... Go on. I don't know what you'll think. It doesn't matter what I think. I like hearing what you have to say. What if someone is setting him up? 
I mean, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. it. It seems like someone is trying to recreate his character from your radio show. I mean, think about it. First, they make him disappear. Now they're saying he's dealing illegal substances. I, it all fits. You're right. It does. They're ending his career before it starts by turning his life into some ridiculous fiction. I just have to figure out who. But don't you think it could just be a coincidence? Maybe. I mean, maybe he's just off with a girl, and maybe he is dealing drugs, but it's too similar for me to just let it go. Please don't feel sorry for me right now. I've had enough of that in my life. And don't tell me that the twin intuition thing isn't real either, because it is ringing, and it is. And don't tell me I'm crazy, John, because I've had enough of that for one day, and I don't need it from you. From the others, fine, but from you... I, I wasn't going to call you crazy. Oh. Good. I don't think you're crazy. I I think you're sort of wonderful. <laughs> uh, Only sort of? <laughs> no, um, very. Good. I couldn't just start out at 10. I'd have nowhere to go. You're, I mean, you're a writer, aren't you? You'll figure it out. He kisses her suddenly. It's long and sweet, and then they both melt out of it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that... I mean, did you, I mean, did you want to, um, I again? definitely, oh, <laughs> if, if you want, I, I wouldn't want to, uh, you're completely free to, uh, just because it's been a long time coming doesn't mean it's. Okay. So yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then shut up. <laughs> she kisses him. He laughs a little bit and kisses her back. They sink awkwardly into the couch. It gets heated quickly. Felicity catches her breath. Uh, you don't want to, um, but you, uh, maybe want to stay? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> she kisses him again and they get up, stumbling together towards the bedroom. Meanwhile, in the velvet-draped guest room at Sterling Manor, the inspector stands at the telephone, the moon peeking in through the second-story window. She is pacing as far as the phone will let her, dressing gown swishing on the hardwood. A theory. Yes, sir. The... Truthfully, it seems too blatant to be the solution. Of course, real life rarely is convoluted. Still, with a murderer... It's the young man, the suitor from down the road, yes. He was the last one to see the gardener alive, and he was staying here on the night of Westwood's death. Then there's the murder weapon, the hood ornament snapped right off the front of the young man's car. It's an Auburn speedster, the thing is practically a knife. Imagine using a pair of wings to hack a man to death. And the victim was seen heading toward the garage, the original location of the weapon, in the hour before his death. Still, he seems so meek. And I can't quite nail down a motive. No, I doubt I'll get much more out of any of them if I press. Except maybe one. I'll try again tomorrow. Yes, sir. What's that? Wait, wait, read that to me again. And that's from the lawyer directly. Well, now that changes things. Listen, can you get someone to send over a copy of the- Suddenly a horrifying scream somewhere deep in the house. I've got to go. She hangs up the phone quickly and hurries to the door. It creeps open cautiously and she pads out into the hallway. A door bangs open up the hall and the doctor flies through it. What's happened? I don't know. It came from Miss Westwood's wing. They hurry down the hallway together. As they pass the staircase, the suitor comes pounding up it, panting hard. The inspector doesn't even stop, just races towards the heiress's room. She flings the door open and tumbles inside, followed by the two men. At the base of the window, wrapped up in a silk kimono, is the heiress. Her hair is spilled down her shoulders, and she is shaking. Miss Westwood, are you all right? The, the window. He's out there. The inspector runs to the window and throws it open. There's no one out there. Can you hear me? Take a deep breath. He was standing in the roses like he used to. Who did you see? Did you take anything before bed? He was so... so pale. She must have been dreaming. It wasn't a dream. Miss Westwood, who did you see? My father. It was the ghost of my father. Dramatic music fades out into the crackle of an old radio. It hums, sputters, and goes dead. End of episode three. Great job, everybody. If you could, please change your names back. So, if we have any predictions happening in chat on Twitch, please, by all means, give them to us. But I would also like to turn the question over to the actors. 
So we got a lot of information about both the gardener and Artie. And I think John is starting to, to show that he knows a lot more than he lets on. There's also the possibility of a ghost. There is a ghost. I was right. I said at the beginning there was going to be a ghost. My my prediction is that from here on out, we're just doing Hamlet. Yes, it's just Hamlet now. <laughs> <laughs> just segueing straight into it. <laughs> so if, if this is Hamlet, then who is who is Claudius and who is Gertrude? I'm Titus. <laughs> I'll be both Rosencrantz and Gil- Guildenstern. <laughs> you know what? I think you can make that work. I think you could I think you could handle that. <laughs> so much fun new information this episode. I could barely keep up. I know. <laughs> right? So what what do you think was the biggest shocker to you? We we got a lot. This was a really heavy chapter that that really pushed a lot of things forward. But what do you think was the biggest revelation to you personally? I th- I think Artie is a drug dealer was honestly something I wasn't expecting, but also like a drug dealer in the way that like 90s action movies did drug dealers where they go to like a graffiti warehouse and they're like, what's the password? Like, that's very fun. And I like that. That, that was pretty funny. I like Felicity's theory that somebody's trying to like mimic Artie's life as the radio play because um, that ties in really well to the the phone call about like staying away from the play. That also... I don't I don't know if they're like airing it on a weekly basis thing or if they're like recording it all in what's and then airing it because that alters my theory of whether it's someone other than us. But if they're not airing it already, then it would have to be one of us because we'd be the only one who have the ability to like mirror the plot line. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I don't I'm assuming that they're not airing it and that that narrows it down to one of us. But if it's a true like literal radio play than it would be airing as they record it so i don't know john is definitely as innocent as he was prior to no yeah because he literally wrote the thing (laughs) (laughs) he's getting really sus it's it's all for some weird like method acting training (laughs) yeah yeah self-induced i loved quinn Eric, great job on that. That was good. Quinn was fun. That was that was very fun. Uh, I'm glad I'm getting these sort of assholey type roles. I mean, oh my I, god, I love, you're I playing so that, many so. assholes. <laughs> what what are you worried about, your brother? Shut up, puss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like he came like out of guys and dolls and started dealing drugs in present day. <laughs> it's very newsies, and I love it. <laughs> It was already so retro drug dealer, and then Eric really said, we're taking that, like, (laughs) all the way back. It fits because you also find out that the gardener was a bootlegger on top of that, so you could could definitely see, like, the accent parallels there. Nathan Detroit over here. I guess we know that Artie is never going to have a scene with his boss. Or if he is, Eric's going to have a really fun time. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be very fun. (laughs) But I assume you were cast as Quinn, I, I assume somebody looked through it and was like, okay, they never talk to each other. Eric can do it, but I guess I don't really know. Maybe they looked through assuming. it and they're like, oh, he can do it. He, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they, were just, maybe they have no idea. Maybe you're going to have to talk to yourself. Because those seems like two characters who could at some point have a pretty lengthy interaction. So you might have like a real interesting <laughs> thing coming up there. Also, Drew's dead, right? Are we all agreed on that? Drew didn't move out. Drew seems very dead. You know what? Drew was probably the one who died in the very first scene. That's exactly because we still haven't figured out who that. Yeah, forgot about that guy. (laughs) I did too. (laughs) Moment of silence for John's dead roommate. For real, yeah. Talk about John being sus. Yeah. (laughs) That also, I gotta say. That one's a little more uh, like random than some of our other conclusions. We're like, oh, this other dead person. It must be the one other name that we have in the script that isn't on screen with us. <laughs> it must be Drew. Well, to be fair, John said that was my roommate. Well, uh, before he moved he, out. Uh, moved out. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the part that I got stuck on was moved out. And I John's real sus. He moved out of the window. so what else what else do you think john knows that he's not talking about what do i think john knows i think it's possible that he knows somebody's mimicking the murders i don't know if he's the one doing it but like he knows he knows his script so well that he quotes it on accident so i don't i highly doubt it was not clear to him you know that he was like oh this sounds like my script 
John also sells drugs. He uses his drug money to pay someone to act out his murders in order to get more buzz in the news that will lead to more listeners. Yeah, or maybe maybe he's Quinn's boss and he was like, listen, pretend that you're this other random, guy. you know, like he's really <laughs> just like he has a whole underworld empire that he's running. Yeah, all for that, all for the the glamorous world of having a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I like when Felicity's like, someone's trying to line up the murders with the script. And Josh is like, weird, I wonder who wrote the script. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. way too nonchalant about that. He was way too chill with he that like, suggestion. Damn, that's crazy. You're so hot, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was instantly, it was instantly like, God, do you think I'm crazy? Because I think my brother might be dead. And he's like, no, nah, baby, come here. He's like, no, nah, <laughs> man, babe. you're great. You're so great. Let's. But see, I can't decide if he's guilty I can't decide if he's guilty or just like really thinking with his dick and nothing else, you know? <laughs> well, you know, if he's just thinking with his dick, there's two there's two alternatives is that it could be it could be the the roommate or it could be uh Artie himself. Yeah, maybe maybe one of them maybe someone stole the script and is doing it cuz like Artie's not a fan of John. So it's Artie framing John. Framing Artie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, we just keep peeling back the layers. <laughs> and then Felicity gets stuck between her her blood and her heart. <laughs> the classic dilemma. I deal, I deal with it every day. So uh, does anyone in the audience have any predictions that they want to share with us? Does anyone have any predictions about what the audience the predictions are? <laughs> Do I get to yell back at the chat? No. <laughs> No, you get to you nice to our viewers. <laughs> get out of get out of Twitch, James. <laughs> don't don't log into Twitch. Get off of Twitch, James. <laughs> I'm in another tab, streaming Cruelty Squad or uh, Counter Strike, whatever video game. Is there really a Ghost Star Lord Fifty One? I don't know. Yes, and he's the king of Denmark. <laughs> oh, from so Caroline Lesney. Uh, the writer of this piece herself wants to know what everyone thinks about the suitor house guest doctor argument and the Missy Sebastian argument on the couch. Yeah, we've been we've been talking so much about the twist. We didn't look at the other parallels. Hi, I have I have one note for the writer and it's I would like the suitor to say, oh, it makes sense. Dollars and cents. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Car Caroline, put it in. Let's just start editing the script. Forget about guesses. <laughs> just like she's been writing it as we go the whole time. Just slide it in somewhere. <laughs> That's a good parallel, actually. I didn't even think about that. I think because Irene didn't really talk much in the real life one, but then the house guest was talking the whole time in the other one, so it didn't really like trigger as a parallel for me. Um, I don't. I still think the house guest is trying to hook up with the doctor. I don't know. There was something going on there. <laughs> Yeah, well, they really, he was like, you murdered him. And then about, you know, three beats later, he was like, yeah, another drink. So I think, yeah, they might be having like a, a real thing. Both happening. of your characters just think with their dicks, Kevin. <laughs> that's my niche. Listen, we've got a Joffrey and we've got a think with a dick guy. Like, that's, it's called that's objective. It's called objective work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clearly, I did my, my character building. All right. I took time. Super objective to get laid. We all have we all have our strengths that we're known for, and sometimes it's thinking with our dicks. Uh, so, just one last: Does anyone have anything that they want to say that about the Missy Sebastian argument before we before I, we wrap this up? That's a big question mark to me because that the ending and how only Felicity picked up that it was really abrupt. I I have nothing constructive to add there, but I oh yeah. Yeah, that was freaky. That was yeah, weird. Was. Like a little Twilight Zone. And then again, like Felicity's like, meh. <laughs> it's probably fine. <laughs> Which is weird because I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why there was an argument. <laughs> That's such a good I never point, know James. why my characters have conflicts and things because they're always right. <laughs> it's really weird. That's another note for Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I think we'll then be talking about next week is, is how much it seems like Felicity is gaslighting herself even. In a lot of She's ways. She's doing it to herself. That's victim blaming. We can all throw around buzzwords. <laughs> I think every room that Felicity walks into, they just have a faulty carbon monoxide filter. <laughs> every single one. And nobody else is affected. It's just her. She's just alone in a bunch of horribly filtered rooms. 
There's going to be a, a zoom out where Felicity's in a straight jacket and it's like a picture of like the ward and it's like imposter syndrome ward and she's like debilitated with imposter syndrome. Oh my god. That's gosh. not even a little bit what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> the worst recorded case of imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's not even a little bit what imposter syndrome means. I'm thinking like I'm waiting for it to tie in somehow. Just like at like NA, just being like, yeah, no, I had to. I just got out of uh, in inpatient for imposter syndrome. <laughs> maybe maybe we find out that this this whole thing is some kind of Truman Show situation. I got very like Matrix vibes off of that, like that that scene definitely. I mean, that'd be so elaborate, but I love it. It's a Twilight Zone. One of us is playing Rod Sterling at the end of this. Caroline, did I actually get it right when I said this was Michael Douglas's The Game? You ha- it's like it's like if you're undercover, you have We're to We're not going to ask Caroline to give a spoiler. Yeah, we can. But we are going to ask her to write in dollars and cents in the script. We are asking that. Just just ad lib it. Just get it in there. She she just got back from like a cafe today having wrapped the final episode. Now we're like uh, another line, please. I can't work in these conditions. <laughs> well, thank you so much to all of you for your wonderful talents today. Great work as always. Very much looking forward to how we build on this story next week. So thank you. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and the crew at Platform Productions. Cold Cuts is based on an original idea by writing producer Declan Grogan. Uh, the broadcast is written by Caroline Lesney. And music is by Vincenzo Torciello. We do this every Saturday and every Tuesday. The videos are going to be posted on YouTube and the audio will be available on all streaming platforms. Make sure to follow us on all social media at Platform Prodco, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M-P-R-O-D-C-O for more. And we will see you next time. We will see you on all subsequent Saturdays at 8 o'clock Eastern time or Yes, 8 o'clock Eastern time. I don't know how time works. Uh, Thank you so much. Enjoy your evening and we'll see you next week. Mm